Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. Let's take some email questions, some financial email questions here so we can help some folks out. Again, try to talk in generalities so you know everybody's situation is a little different, but there's universal things that affect us all. And so hopefully this kind of, you say, hey, I'm kind of similar to this person. Maybe I should talk or reach out or whatever. So let's see if we can help out Ellen. Uh, she's in Nevada. And she says, Eric, I just sold some stock that I've had for more than 25 years. I understand mm. that I'll be taxed on a portion of that sale, but I have no records of exactly when I bought the stock or what I paid. How do they calculate this? Well, if you don't know what the cost basis is, then the entire thing in the eyes of the IRS will be all gain. <laughs> so it all will be taxable. Now, 25 years, that means it's a long-term capital gain. If it's held more than a year, it becomes a long-term gain as opposed to short-term gain. So... Ellen, you got some uh, work to do because the onus falls on the shareholder. Um, you're responsible for tracking that. Unless you held it directly or held it with some kind of firm or some kind of in intermediary, maybe, if you held directly from the company that sometimes you have a program through computer share, reach out to those folks and they might be able to help you um, research that. But if you can't come up with that, then the whole thing will be just viewed as taxable, So, which is not good because you paid for that stock along the way, right? especially if you had those dividends reinvested. People don't realize this. When you buy a stock or a mutual fund and you put those dividends and capital gains on automatic reinvest, they buy more shares when they, when they uh, could declare that, right? Well, that's a taxable event to the, to the IRS. You get a 1099. You don't think about it. You throw it on your tax return. You pay a little tax. But then when you go to sell those shares, that adds to your cost basis. So some there's a firm out here, a big, large national firm on every street corner, starts by the name of Ed. They track it, but they don't show it on your statement because mm -hmm. what they want to show is your initial investment and what it grew to, okay? Because they want to you know, feather in their cap or you know, pump their chest on how much money they made you. When I've taken those assets and brought them over to our custodian, Fidelity, and then showed folks, this is what your actual cost basis is, it's actually negative for them which means they could sell it and not have any taxable event. Also means that they haven't really had the growth because they haven't taken into account these distributions, this dividend capital gain. So that's a not part of what the question that you had, Ellen, but anyone else listening out there, the onus falls on you as the investor to track that. Now they changed the law and they're now putting on the responsibility of the custodian to track that for you. And they're using an average cost per share, but you need to keep track of that. If you don't have it, then the IRS is gonna deem the whole thing a gain. Gotcha. Okay. So definitely, uh, well, you want to keep track of that stuff. So Absolutely. What it, Absolutely. What it comes down to, basically. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit there. Ellen, uh, reach out to Eric if you need to talk more specifically in, in folks who are in a similar situation. 515-226-1500, the number. And also, I, to back that up, sure. I, and if the, if the company will, let's say, help you, sometimes they're going to charge you a research fee. And so find out what that is for them to go back to like a microfish or something like that. Mm -hmm. It might be more than what you're paying in the tax on it. So Sometimes just taking the hit is cheaper than trying to find the truth. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. It's sad. 
All right. Sometimes it works that way. There you go. 515-226-1500. Let's jump over to West Des Moines and Elise. She says, how much is too much to spend on a forever home? We're going to move in a couple of years when we retire, and my husband wants to buy a house that's cheaper than our current home so that we can avoid having a mortgage in retirement. But this is going to be uh, the place that we live for the rest of our lives, so I still want it to be just right. So who do you think's right, she says. <laughs> well, you're both uh, partially right, um, partially wrong. Um, at least the issue is right now, and I understand getting a forever home, most people want everything on one level. They don't want to negotiate stairs that much, um, you know, easy Yeah, to you maintain. want what you want, right? Right. The issue is right now is that if you sell your home to replace the square footage or something that you have, it's going to cost you probably more than your existing home. I mean, home prices have gone insane uh, due to interest. Now, they're starting to correct a little bit because interest rates are getting higher, but they're going to be shocked looking at what you're trying to replace, unless you have a massive home and you're trying to downsize. That's really where people can kind of do this, where they're trying to downsize or go into something that might be more community-based so you don't have your own physical home and you're part of a you know a connection so you have a town home or apartment of sorts something like that but you don't have any outside maintenance and when you want to leave and travel you take off and you don't have to worry about people uh you know not seeing that you're home because there's always somebody there those types of things you may have a pool may have underground parking all those kinds of things so you want to get it right though and having a mortgage is not the end of the world going into retirement because it's a fixed kind of a bill mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to increase in inflation at least the principal and interest won't so it's not that bad if you want to get what you want but you just have to, you know, look around, see what the costs are to get what you want. But I'm always a big fan of getting what you want. You worked hard your whole life to get to this point. You might as well reward yourself. And having an, having a home that's comfortable to live in, that you enjoy being in, makes retirement a lot easier. You know, some area to do things that you want to do. If you know, if you're a craft type of person, or uh, maybe you know, I have a friend that does model railroads, so he has that set up in the basement. Or maybe you want to walk out. Maybe you want to. You know, nice gardens so you can uh, start to grow stuff, those types of things. But get what you want, see if your plan works with that cost. Um, that's the easiest way. Then it, once you have the plan and see what you can't afford, then you can go out and try and find that. Um, but see how your plan works and what you can't afford and then work it backwards from there. All right. There you go. So thank you so much for the question, Elise. Thank you for uh, submitting this to, you, to the program, for listening to the program. And, folks, again, if you'd like to do the same, reach out to AskEricPeterson.com. That's AskEricPeterson.com or call 515-226-1500 to get your questions asked and answered uh, and get started with your own retirement readiness review. Uh, final email question this week is from Stephen in Grimes. He says, Eric, I just turned 72 and I'm about to retire. I recently took a look at how much I'll have to start withdrawing from my IRAs and 401ks, and he puts, because I'm old and they're forcing me to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Between my Social Security and the money they're forcing me to take out, I'll have a higher income in retirement than I have right now while I'm still working. Will they really make me withdraw this much, or am I missing a step? No, you're not missing, um, Steve. They will make you withdraw that much. Now, if you continued working, here's one way to reduce that, but you're going to work, is that the 401k where you're contributing to, as long as you're not more than a 5% owner of that business, then you're not, you're not forced to take a minimum distribution from that 401k. So that's a little feather in the cap there if you mm-hmm. want to continue to work, but you will have to take it from your IRAs. So, but if you're saying that your RMDs plus your social security, because I'm assuming you have social security turned on because you're 72, I hope you have it turned on, right. <laughs> makes no economic reason to wait past 70. This is what I find is that people that like what they do and it's not like challenging on your body and they can still do it, mm-hmm. 
they like doing it. Sure, why not? And so you're probably there. And if you don't have hobbies outside of that, working is kind of what your thing is, right? So this is why it's more money helps, but a lot of the decisions that you have to make in retirement are emotional decisions. Like, you know, what do I like to do? What else would I do if I didn't work? You know, do I have hobbies? Do I have interests outside of work? Do I want to travel? Are there kids around that I want to help or grandkids or you know, clubs or associations or things like that. If you don't have any of those things, a lot of people say, hey, I might as well work. I like the people I work with sometimes. Um, you know, not, it's not every day, kind of like a marriage, right? And you're not, every day is blissful. So you need to have passions outside of work. If you don't, then might as well keep working. But yes, you are going to be forced to take that amount of money out. Now, as I alluded to earlier in the show, you do have a way to reduce the tax impact of that if you are charitable. So you can have your required minimum distribution sent directly from the custodian to the charity. You satisfy the RMD, the minimum distribution, but you don't pay tax on what you sent to the charity, so you can reduce your tax liability that way. Unfortunately, your children do not qualify as charities. Now, if you know the definition of a charity is a unlimited need for funding, which charities have, your kids do fit that bill, but they're not 501c3s from a tax code, so they don't get a tax deduction. So there's some ways to reduce it, and again, if you continue to work, you won't have to take it from that 401k where you're working as long as you're not more than a 5% owner. But otherwise, you know, I, Stephen, I would say pull the plug. You know, if you're making more money from those sources just between Social Security and minimum distributions, then why are you working? Maybe volunteer. You know, if you still want to do something, and that way um, you're reducing your tax impact and still making a, still making an impact in your community with uh, with other folks and entities, things like that. So. Uh, this is why retirement's a lot more than just the money. So uh, if you don't have a plan or you want to talk through these things or anyone else listening out there, sometimes what we do is a little bit psychological. Um, a lot of it is the financial side, but giving you the financial foundation so that you can make these emotional decisions about what you want to occur because you have your income your to maintain your standard of living is covered, then that kind of opens the door for things that you may never thought you wanted to do in retirement. Some things that might be really cool, really fun to do. So get a plan. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040 WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including
including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.